Clumped in a circle between two stainless steel work tables, nearly 20 new hunters lean in as they learn how to butcher the deer hanging from the Missoula food bank ceiling in front of them. Gristle flies onto the floor and onto clothes as their instructor, Deanna Bublitz, takes a freshly sharpened knife and starts cutting. She emphasizes that the new hunters can't be too delicate about their first cuts and that they just have to dive in. Bublitz learned to hunt about 10 years ago after moving to Montana from Minnesota. Over the decade, she's felt that the sport is not as accessible or welcoming to women, queer folks, or new adult hunters as it is to men or people who grow up in the sport. Now, through her collective deer camp, she's on a mission to mentor underrepresented hunters when they may have no one else to turn to. You would put your animal down and you'd make an incision along the spine and you essentially just start peeling the hide back, but you really don't cut the hide down any further than I'm Lotus Port Moyle. Welcome back to the Kaiman cast for the week of January 22nd. In each episode, we're spending time with one person in Missoula who brings something special to the University of Montana or our city at large. This week, The Hunter. Originally from Apple Valley, Minnesota, Bublitz moved to Hamilton, Montana in 2012. She's a microbiologist and came here for her postdoctoral research at Rocky Mountain Labs and the University of Montana. She grew up with a love for the outdoors and an interest in conservation, but had never hunted before. When her landlord offered to take her trap shooting to practice on clay decoys, she thought she'd give it a chance. Honestly, I was a little afraid of guns. Grew up in the Twin Cities, and like I think I'd shot a shotgun and maybe a BB gun with my dad once or twice. But I wasn't, I guess I wasn't like anti-gun, but it wasn't something that just like I was looking for. But my landlord in Hamilton took me out trap shooting and it was a super fun experience and I was actually pretty good at it. This first experience, shooting with someone she knew, helped Bublitz overcome her fear of guns and she went looking for more opportunities to learn to hunt. With hunting, she wanted to have a say in conservation issues and ethically provide her own meat. I didn't grow up on a farm. I didn't grow up on a ranch. And so all of the meat I've consumed, the dirty work behind it's been, you know, processed by somebody else somewhere else. So I wanted to see if I could do that and still validate, I guess, eating meat. And then if I couldn't pull the trigger on an animal, maybe I need to rethink whether or not I should be eating meat. If I can't do that work, then why should I be making somebody else do it? Bublitz got in touch with her childhood friend, Rebecca Spring, who had also moved to the Missoula area later in life and had plenty of hunting equipment. Bublitz tagged along on Spring's hunts and eventually shadowed enough to hunt on her own. She wanted to offer the same guidance Spring gave her to others who were interested in hunting but were intimidated by the sport or the hunting lifestyle. Bublitz thinks men shape a lot of hunting customs and culture, specifically straight white men. As far as she can tell, most hunters learn to hunt and get their equipment from growing up and going out with their dads. Without that hand-me-down equipment and knowledge, the sport isn't always financially accessible either. I recognize that it's expensive to get into this activity, especially if you don't know if it's something you could follow through on. Like you could get out into the woods and realize you actually just can't pull the trigger that you don't want to kill something. And now you've spent $1,000 on a gun and a bunch of camo. The numbers back up Bublitz's impressions of diversity in hunting. In 2022, 
a hunter spent an average of $900 for the season and $51 each day they went out, according to the U.S. National Survey of Fishing, Hunting, and Wildlife-Associated Recreation. As far as demographics, over 75% of hunters were white, 77% were men, 22% were women, and 1% identified outside of the gender binary. About five years into the sport, Bublitz went on her first solo hunt. She shot a buck deer, and as she walked down the hill to make sure she had killed it, a man and his daughter took a final shot at the buck and finished the job. Then they approached her. Then the first thing that the man said to me was like, oh, is your husband up over that hill? And then it was like the brief assessment of like, I'm mildly offended, and so I want to let him know that I'm here alone, but also like, I am here alone, so which one is better? But because he was there with a, a younger woman, I felt safer to just say, nope. It's just me. And then like his whole attitude changed. He, it wasn't that he was mean, but then he was just super helpful. So they both helped me clean the buck and then they helped me haul it out to my car because like their hunt was done for the day. I had already disturbed that area of the woods. That moment was one of the many that motivated Bublitz to help others who may have to work harder to be welcomed into hunting. In 2020, Bublitz created Deer Camp, where she strives to reduce hunting barriers by building a collective focused on education mentorship, and empowerment. Outside of her full-time job as a microbiologist, she volunteers her time to lead mock hunts, processing workshops, and social events. She even collects used hunting gear for a free gear library. Bublitz runs the collective by herself, but through word of mouth and advertising on Instagram and her website, she's attracted a consistent group of women and queer hunters. A really cool aspect of starting this that they just met a lot of folks that at least want to try hunting. They don't know if they want to be a hunter yet, but they want to get into it. And they were in the same spot that I was in, not having family that hunted, not really having any friends to hunt, and not even knowing if any of their friends were interested in it either. And so not only can they have a place to come and borrow gear and learn some technical skills, but then they're meeting other folks like them. As a part of running Deer Camp, Bublitz also meets with other underrepresented hunters to gain more perspectives to improve her work. She knows that she's not the only person interested in expanding access and encourages other hunters to teach and start their own groups as well. Ethan Shafrin, a queer hunter and ecology PhD student at UM, has bounced ideas off of Bublitz on how to expand hunting access for queer folks. He hopes to provide a hunting education program open specifically for queer people in Missoula because of the experience he had in traditional hunter's ed. I shot a rifle for the first time ever last year. And, um, you know, I went on one of these, like, hunter mentorship programs where they just, like, pair you up with a random person who you've never met before and you walk out into the woods with a firearm for, like, a couple days. And I think that's one approach to, like, teaching people about hunting, but I also think that, like, that's not an approach that works for everybody, and that's not an approach that's safe for everybody. One-on-one mentoring and casual mock hunts like Bublitz leads are some of the alternative ways to make hunting more approachable and enjoyable for underrepresented and new hunters, Schaefrin feels. The overarching sentiment that I have come across amongst, like, your, your typical hunters is that, like, they're excited about, like, people who aren't traditionally involved in hunting getting involved in it and, like, 
talking about it with other people. I think pretty much all of them recognize that, like, it's a good thing for both hunting and for, like, other communities. But they also don't want to be the people to, like, make space for that to happen, which is sort of a strange dynamic. And I also don't really think that, like, they should be the the people to, like, you know, take queer people under their wing. This made me curious about what Schaefer considers a typical hunter and what they might think about the accessibility of hunting for all kinds of people. Eleanor Smith, the Kaiman Cass audio producer, got me in touch with her dad, Matt Smith. Smith is a school administrator and fly fishing guide in Boise, Idaho. He first went hunting with his dad when he was three or four years old and still hunts big game regularly with his brother's family. And I think that's what we have to really cultivate in our system is those people who are willing to take others and and teach. If I was going to take anybody that was new to hunting is I would take them to a location that they would feel comfortable to, right? Hey, we're going to go out to this old farmhouse. We're hunting rabbits today. We're going to go out and sit down and we can just talk. Everybody's got a story and you got to acknowledge that listening to the story is, is the most important thing. And that's the one thing is you, you learn as a guide is that speaking is important, but the most important thing is to listen. Bublitz also sees that experienced hunters are the people who can use their skills to teach and make hunting a more diverse sport, but they must acknowledge people's backgrounds and stories, like Smith says. Bublitz knows that she cannot be the sole representative for marginalized hunters, She can only offer her perspective, but hopes that more people who are outside of the traditional hunting image will work to make hunting more attainable for all new hunters. To think about how many people were involved in getting me into hunting, and maybe it's time for me to give back and try and help other people get into that activity. To find information on Deer Camp events and a link to the free hunting gear library, follow DeerCamp underscore MT on Instagram. Don't be intimidated by just starting to cut. It's fine. In news, FAFSA is changing its guidelines. What does this mean for students' financial aid? In sports... Can the Lady Grizz win its first Big Sky Conference championship since the Selvig era? And in arts, a sneak peek into upcoming art events. For more information about any of these topics and more, pick up a copy of the Montana Kaiman this Thursday or head to our website at www.montanakaiman.com. Tune in next time as Clayton Murphy talks with two UM alumni running Superior Hospital. For this week's Kaiman Cast, I'm Lotus Portmoyle. Thanks for listening. Do you like get a favorite knife? Like even if it's oh, yeah. just, like Absolutely. which one's your favorite? <laughs> some of them just sharpen. Just the steel's just a little bit different between all of them, right? So some of them just sharpen a little bit better. Yeah, for sure. Do you get a name? These bucky. <laughs> Stabby. No, no, no. I don't. No, hopefully it's not. Yeah, right. Maybe that would be a creepy name. Um, no, I do not give names. That's an interesting thought though. I never thought about that. Before. I think Stabby's a good one. <laughs> I stand by it. Yeah.